The two doors behind me opened on their own. The figure approached slowly. The visitor was tall, almost a foot taller than me, which put him around six two, maybe six three. He walked into the inn. I followed him and the door closed tight behind me. The figure pulled the cord securing his hood and shrugged off his rain poncho. A man in his early thirties stood in front of me, muscular but lean, his shoulder-length blonde hair pulled back into a haphazard ponytail at the nape of his neck. He wore a white shirt with flaring sleeves, dark gray trousers, and supple black boots that came midway up his calf. An embroidered vest hugged his frame. Black accented with blue, emphasizing the contrast between his broad shoulders and flat stomach. A leather sword belt graced his narrow hips, supporting a long, slender scabbard with an elaborate basket hilt protruding from it. He probably owned a wide-brimmed hat with some fluffy white feathers and possibly a cloak or two. His face was shocking, masculine, well-cut, but not at all brutish, with strong, elegant lines people usually called aristocratic. High, broad forehead, straight nose, good cheekbones, square jaw, and a full mouth. He wasn't at all feminine, yet most people would describe him as beautiful rather than handsome. The man smiled at me. Quiet humor tinted his pale blue eyes, as if he found the world a perpetually amusing place. They were the kind of eyes that shone with intelligence, confidence, and calculation. He didn't look. He watched, noticed, and evaluated, and I had a feeling that even when his mouth and his eyes smiled, his mind remained alert and razor-sharp. I had seen him before. I remembered that face. But where? I'm looking for Dina DeMille. His voice suited him well, warm and confident. He had a light accent, not really British, not really southern U.S., but an odd, melodious meld of both. You found her, I said. Welcome to Gertrude Hunt Inn. Your poncho? Thank you. He handed me the poncho and I hung it on the hook by the door. Will you be staying with us? I'm afraid not. He offered me an apologetic smile. Figured. What can I do for you? He raised his hand and traced a pattern between us. The air in the wake of his finger glowed with pale blue, a stylized symbol of scales, Two weights in the balance flared between us, held for a second, and vanished. He was an arbitrator. Oh, crap! My heart sped up. Who could possibly be suing us? Gertrude Hunt didn't have the finances to fight an arbitration. I leaned on my broom. I've received no notice of arbitration. He smiled. His face lit up. Wow. My apologies. 
I'm afraid I've given you the wrong impression. You're not a party to an arbitration. I came to discuss a business proposition. Business was so much better than arbitration. I pointed at the couches in the front room. Please sit down. May I get you something to drink, arbitrator? Hot tea would be fantastic, he said. And please, call me George.